really be glad you showed up today. We're going to do something just a, just a little different today. And um, <laughs> you know, <coughs> when, when I, the Bible says, study to show yourself approved. So when I study the word, I study the word for myself. And then I take time and I pray and ask God what he would have me to share for you. Things that you need. Things you need to hear. And what, what, I, what, I, what I've done in, in July, this will be our 25th year in Kerrville, pastoring the same church. This year will be 35 years that I've been married to the same woman. And... This will be my 55th year. I just look like I'm 30 though, right? <laughs> um, so I'm 55. I've been married 35 years. And we've been in Kerrville 25 years. There's got to be some spiritual significance to that. I mean, you know, it sounds spiritual anyway. Glory to God. But for 25 years, as we've preached the word in this town, the people that show up, we have a heart to give you something to live higher day to day. Some tool, the series we just came out of that we, we ended last Sunday, and they overcame. And we talked for a number of weeks about that position of being overcomers, not just talking about overcoming, but overcoming issues and you know what everybody has something in their life that they're overcoming someone may be in a financial strait and situation that they need to be overcoming somebody may be in a physical situation that they're overcoming in somebody in a mental state or situation but anything that you and I are overcoming we're overcoming first and foremost in our thinking because as a man thinks he is that way you wake up this morning and you were convinced this morning as you woke up that you're a loser. Even after I preach the word today, that's still going to control your life until that changes. And there has to be ways. That, that, you know, the, the, the word of God from Genesis to Revelation has every answer in life. There's not an answer that is, there's not a, a question that's not covered by an answer in the word of God. I'm convinced of it. In 37 plus years of salvation, I know that I know that I know there's an answer to everything in the Word because Jesus is the answer. But to draw from the Word the answer that I need to a situation that I'm facing is something that is, is more than just what I can read out of the scripture because I can't turn to chapter and verse and it says, okay, Bert, do this. No, it, it's got to be developed. The, the, the Bible has to become a voice to you. You have to be able to hear this. And I'm not talking about an audible voice. It has to become a voice inside of you. The same way that, the same way that voices in your head try to convince you 
that you can't do certain things in life. There's a voice inside of you that's the Holy Spirit that's got to get to your head and convince you that you can do all things through Him. But this Word has to become a voice. And there's different components that have to be connected together to where this becomes a voice to us. And so, this message I'm sharing with you today and, and today and next Sunday is a kind of a condensed version of uh, just a message that I've preached probably on and off for 20 years at different times. And it's found in Philippians chapter 4 and starting with the fourth verse. And today my message is titled a little bit different, but the title of my message today is Happy. Title of my message today is Happy. Everybody say it. Happy, 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 happy. You're going to be really glad you came today. So, uh, in Philippians 4, and verse 4, it says, Rejoice in the Lord always. And then he says it again. He says rejoice. Let your gentleness, or one translation of the word there is unselfishness, be known to all men, for the Lord is at hand or near. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication. With thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God and the peace of God, which passes all of your understanding, will guard your heart and your mind through Christ Jesus. Finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, of a good report, if there's any virtue, if there's anything worthy of praise, meditate on these things. Let your meditation be on the good things. So, in the next few minutes, I want, to, I want you to focus on a couple of things and I'm going to give you the definition of, of a number of different words as we look at this Philippians 4, and we'll come back to it at the end of the message. But you, you, you know what it says, and I'll remind you of several things as we go through this. But first, I want, I want to define, you know, when, when I look at a dictionary, when you say, well, this is what the dictionary says, well, you know, there's, oh my gosh, so many dictionaries. So, I'm... I'm, I'm giving you, I'll tell you where I got these definitions from, and then some of the definitions I've put different dictionaries together to come up with a definition that I believe is right for what we're talking about today. But I want to define the word joy first, and, and joy is defined as, or, or the definition in the Webster's is, to feel great happiness. Now, as I've preached this message before, I've made this statement to you. Joy is unconditional. Happiness is conditional. But I'm changing something. I'm going to add something to what I've said before. Doesn't, that doesn't, what I've said there doesn't change anything because, because all of us sitting here today know that 
Happiness is conditional based on your circumstances. You feel good, everything's going great, you know. Somebody invited you to a party and going to give you a million dollars, you're happy. Right? You're struggling in a certain area, you know, you wake up, you know, you feel like getting up and you're not happy. Right? So we know it's conditional. But joy, as we have seen it and as it's defined in Scripture, is something from the heart. Now, second word I'm going to give you is the word rejoice. To feel or show, out of the Webster's, to feel or show you are happy about something. But again and again and again. Something that you do by choice. Something you do when you wake up in the morning and you don't feel like getting up and you choose to go ahead and get up anyway and you choose to thank God anyway. It's something that comes from the heart. It's a choice. But it's happiness. It's happiness, but it's over and over. Paul said, Rejoice in the Lord always, and again, I'm telling you to rejoice. In other words, show happiness, show happiness again and again and again by choice. Now, the Hebrew word rejoice is defined like this. It's defined in four or five parts, um, and I'm, now I'm having to remember because I I didn't put this down. But to rejoice in the Hebrew is, first and foremost, to brighten up. Everybody smile. I know some of you, it's kind of hard, you know. Brighten up. To leap. To jump. To spin around. And to shout. To rejoice is to brighten up, to leap, to spin around, and to shout. So rejoicing is something that you do by choice. But brightening up and producing a happy countenance is something you do by choice also. Because many times, one of the things that brings us down and keeps us down is that our facial expressions and our attitude toward other people is to let other people know that I'm down and I'm upset and I'm frustrated and I need you to feel bad for me. Right. And that keeps you down. Instead of choosing to rejoice. Now, the scripture we read in Philippians 4, it said, be anxious or worried or fretful about nothing. But he said, in everything, everything, with thanksgiving... Let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, the peace, the perfect peace that Jesus paid for will guard your heart and your mind and give you power to overcome situations. So to be happy, to be happy is a choice. It's something that we choose to do, not something that is just put on us and something we drag along or that we have to do. Being happy, I'm telling you today, is a choice. Yes, it's, it can be conditional, but I'm telling you that happiness, which is joyful and a rejoicing attitude, 
can arise inside of you by choice when you let your request and things that are coming against you be known to God with an attitude of thanksgiving and rejoicing. Happiness can come as a result of that. And it can be a choice that you make every day. I'm going to be happy. Amen? Now, let's look at just four or five real quick verses in the book of Proverbs about happy. Well, you know, I don't think happy's in the Bible. Well, it's, it's what you get for thinking. Amen? Okay, verse 13. Happy is the man who finds wisdom. And the man who gains understanding for her wisdom's pro proceeds are better than the profit of silver and the gain than fine gold. Happy is the person that finds wisdom. I was talking earlier during our ties. I was, I was saying one of the keys to prosperity, real, true prosperity is advancing. One of the keys to that is understanding. And, and the person, he says here, the, the, the man who finds wisdom and the man who gains understanding to the wisdom that he's gotten is a happy man. So it shows us in Scripture here that happiness doesn't have to be conditional. Happiness can be the result of what you're practicing and what you're developing day to day. As I'm seeking wisdom instead of seeking silver and gold, which produces silver and gold, I'm happy. I can just tell you today, as the Apostle Paul said, he was without and he, had, and he was with. He, had, he was in time of need and he, he lived in a place of abundance at different times. But he found the secret to all things. He said, I can do all things through Christ who is my strength. Why? Because he sought wisdom and not riches. But wisdom will produce riches. We see it all through Scripture. Verse 18. Of chapter 3. She, wisdom, is a tree of life to those who take hold of her, and happy are all who retain her. Happy are all who don't just hear about her or hear about wisdom and then let it go in one ear and out the other. Happy are those who retain it and do something with it. Chapter 16. And verse 20. He who heeds the word wisely, he who heeds the word wisely will find good. And whoever trusts in the Lord, happy is he. You know what that says to me right there? The person that hears the word and draws wisdom from the word and draws understanding from the wisdom, good will happen to him and happy will that person be. Why? Because he trusts in the Lord. So hearing the word, drawing wisdom, retaining it, understanding it, will create a trust and a faith in God that is unconditional. It doesn't matter what conditions look like. So, 
happiness is happiness can be unconditional based on what you're practicing and what you're developing day to day. Happiness. Happy. This is a Pollyanna message if I've ever heard of. Some of you don't even know who Pollyanna is. Anyway. Proverbs 29 and 18. 29 and 18. This is a great verse. I'm going to read this out of the Amplified. Where there is no vision, where there's no redemptive revelation of God, the people perish. But he who keeps the law of God, which includes that of man, blessed, happy, fortunate, and enviable is he. So where there, so revelation is revelation is the result of the word of God being preached to you, you drawing wisdom from that, gaining understanding, retaining it, and it becoming a part of you. Where there is no revelation, redemptive revelation, the people perish. But happy is he who keeps the word, who draws from the wisdom, who gains the understanding and applies it. Happy is that person. Unconditional. No matter what you go through, no matter what happens, every single day of your life, you can wake up because it's the day that God has made. You can rejoice and be glad in it. And then at 9 o'clock, you can rejoice and be glad in it. And then at 11 o'clock, you can rejoice and be glad in it. And then at 1 in the afternoon, you can rejoice and be glad over and over and over and over and over and over and over again. You're allowing happiness, joyfulness, the ability to rejoice happen in your life because you're practicing it even when you don't feel like doing it. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. Lord, today I just come before you and I begin to thank you. That fear has no authority over me. I thank you that you haven't given me fear, and so I choose not to receive fear today. I thank you, Lord, the intimidation that I feel because of this person or that. I, I know intimidation isn't from you, and I come before you today, and I thank you that you've given me the power to overcome that. See, what you practice day to day. Because, see, otherwise, if you don't learn to develop faith and confidence that way by rejoicing and giving God thanks. You don't stop that, that machine of voices that's going on in your head telling you you can't, 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 you never will, never will, this, that, or whatever it is. If you don't stop that machine of voices through praise and thanksgiving and giving God the credit for, for doing the opposite already and now empowering you to overcome in every situation, if you don't stop that machine of voices... What I'm telling you today won't just happen for you or for any of us. Amen? James 1. It's amazing the way the Word of God connects. It is absolutely phenomenal. I just, 
I've been doing this for years, and I just, I, I, I'm, I, sometimes I'm just amazed. And, and, and you know, I'll just tell you this, just give you a little personal insight. Sometimes I'm amazed at what God shows me. What, by praying in the Spirit and asking God what you want me to tell the people, what he'll show, I'm just amazed, honored, I'm humbled, I'm a number of things. But I'm, I'm amazed of what can come out of the Word of God that will give you like a sword as a weapon to be able to defeat the devil, to defeat the enemy, to defeat the voices. It's just, I, I just, every day, I don't, I don't want to lose that thankfulness to God about what the Word has and what we can draw. From, because where there isn't revelation, when you don't have the revelation in your heart, is that there's a perishing I'm not talking about that you just die. I'm just saying that you perish in life. You don't, you're not living on top where God created you to live. The blood of Jesus positioned you on top and not underneath circumstances and situations. And there's days when we're, it feels like we're under it. But it doesn't matter. We have the ability to rejoice again and again and again and again and again and again. Yes? James 1, another one of these tribulation stuff. He said, my brethren... Count it all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing, 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 having that revelation, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. And let patience have her perfect work so that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. And if any of you lacks what? Wisdom. Say it. Wisdom. Okay, so, so, so wisdom is a key. Wisdom is a key. Now, Hold your place there. Look back, just real quickly, look back to Proverbs chapter 4 and verse 7. <clears throat> Wisdom is the principal thing. Therefore, get wisdom, and in all you're getting, get understanding. That pretty well summarizes it, right? Wisdom is the principal thing. Without wisdom, you can do nothing. No matter how much knowledge you have, if you don't draw the wisdom from the knowledge that you have, you can hear the word till the cows come home and it won't do anything for you if you don't draw the wisdom from it. And with the, the drawing of wisdom comes understanding and, when, and from understanding becomes revelation. It becomes a part of you. And you have to practice that Every day, like you'd practice anything else. You want to get good at anything, you're going to practice. Practice makes what? That's what he said right here. Perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. If you lack wisdom, what do you do? Cry before God. Throw yourself down on the ground and bawl and squall and fast for 97 days. No? He said, if any man lacks wisdom, ask of God, who gives to all men freely. But how do we ask? According to Philippians chapter 4, we ask by going before him with a heart of thanksgiving, thanking him, in other words, reminding him of what the word says. Because the word are his promises. So see, if he meets all my need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus, and I'm in a need 
I go before him with thanksgiving, thanking him. Lord, I thank you. I know there's a situation here. I'm not denying what things look like in the natural, but I thank you that you meet all my needs according to your riches and glory by Christ Jesus. And as I rejoice in that place of rejoicing, things begin to happen. See, you say, well, what's that going to do? Try it. Yeah, but yeah, I don't know if I believe all that stuff. Yeah, well, it won't work for you. If you don't believe it, it won't work. But try try something. When I say try something, give it a shot. Begin to develop and change your thinking. That's what we were talking about at the beginning of the message. Begin to change your thinking in regards to specific areas of your life that you're struggling in. And watch what will happen. I'm telling you, God's truth. He'll do it for me. He'll do it for anybody else. He'll do it for you. Amen? Amen. But any man lacks wisdom, let him ask of God who gives to all men freely, and he doesn't withhold. He will not withhold wisdom to those that come before him with a heart of thanksgiving, thanking him for the wisdom that they need to apply to the issue of the the situation in life. And that wisdom will always produce. That's why it's greater to seek after wisdom than it is to seek after silver and gold. And yet, and yet in Proverbs 3 it says, wisdom will produce silver and gold. See, but it'll give you the wisdom to be the person that God created you to be. Can you say amen? So, with that, um, I'm going to end this today in... I want you to go back to Philippians. I'm going to end this today with a song. My daughter, as I was preparing this message, my my daughter sent me this link to uh, this song. That I, that, that I think I've heard it somewhere, but I, I hadn't seen it, but it was a song and a video. And the name of the song is Happy. And, uh, and that's why I changed the name of my message today. But I've been working on this message, and, uh, and then I saw this video, and, and, it, and it struck me. It, something struck me because, you know, you can... You can Every day, I believe God gives you opportunities to add something to your life that will help you to make changes. And today we're talking about being happy. And I think that God, every day, wants to show you how to brighten up. You ever been to a you ever been to a Spurs game? By the way, they have the best record in the NBA right now. That's right. Come on. That's right. Um, if you ever notice, I don't see a lot of people at Spurs games falling asleep. I mean, it just that's just not what you you don't see a lot of. 
you know, like hammocks in there, you know, and, 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 and you know, lounge chairs and people kick back and, you know, falling asleep and, and those kind of things. I mean, you don't see that. You see a lot of energy. And, you know, I, I think that's why people like that. The, the, people like sport because there's a lot of energy and there's a lot of excitement and, and there's a lot of stuff, you know, that, that happens to keep them focused. And, but what it does is it keeps them from being, from, for many people, okay, now I'm not saying it's you, I'm just saying many people, because I know people like this, I know many people like this, because I was one of those kind of people. The sport is so that they don't have, it's kind of a, it's a way of escape from the day-to-day issues of life, you know. Um, I've been involved in sports all my life, and, you know, I played sports, and I watched sports, and there was a time in my life when it was an escape from reality. And in the kingdom, we're not learning, we're not trying to cope with things, we're overcoming things. In the kingdom, we're not just trying to, you know, you know, I, I mean, I, I want to be able to watch a Spurs game and not have to watch it to escape. I want to watch it to enjoy it. I, I, I want to I do things. I want to I be able to play golf not because of escape. I want to play golf because I enjoy it and it's a tool I have to be able to minister to other people. There's a platform in my life because I'm a golfer, because I played golf and I was a professional and I did. I mean, I, I played at a certain level and, and even to this day, I can play to a certain level that draws people to me, so I just use it. It's a platform. But I don't want that to be my identity, and I don't want it to be my escape. I want to do it for pleasure. So when you find something, I'm going to show you a song. Many of you probably heard it. Anybody ever heard the happy song? Come on, raise your hand if you heard the happy song. Maybe 10. So you're going you're gonna to enjoy the happy song today. But the happy song isn't a song for escape. It's a tool to empower you to overcome. But it doesn't take away from what we do with the Word. But there are things everywhere that will empower us and help us to overcome. So I, I, want, I want the kids to come in. They're going to come in from... from Children's Church, uh, I want, Jessica, we're, we're going to play this song once, and then there'll be just a, a break for a minute, and I, I want to say a couple things about it, and then you can go get the kids, okay, after we play it once. So, um, so I, I, I just want you to sit there as we play it the first time, and then I want you to stand up, and we're going we're gonna to participate, but I'm going to stand. I can't sit, so, but I'm going to make you s- sit. So just watch the people in the video. Yeah. 